What's going on, Basement Lounge fans? Welcome to another episode of the VIP Table. This is the monthly interview show. We sit down with somebody who's got something to say that's that's interesting and a lot more interesting than anything I had to say. You guys hear me talk every single week with Mike, but this time it's me and someone else who's got just an awesome career. And we're going to get to talk to this person to get to know a little bit more about her and what she does. I want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by Poddex. You guys go over to poddex.com and check out all the tools you need for beginning or veteran podcasters, episode decks, interview decks, cool swag, all that kind of stuff. And use the code TBL10 to get 10% off your purchase at checkout. Uh, our guest today is an intimacy expert uh, with lots to say and lots to ask me, apparently. Dear God, what have I gotten myself into? Uh, please sit back and enjoy my conversation with the lovely and wonderful Susan Bratton. Susan Bratton, welcome to the VIP table here at the Basement Lounge. Thank you so much for coming on. Mike, thank you so much for popping my comedy podcast cherry today. I just want to let you know it's been a, a big week for me because I've done hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and I get on the women's shows and I get on the health shows and I get on the sex shows. But this week I have what, what I'd like to call a double header because I not only popped my comedy cherry, I have also popped my gay podcast cherry. So I'm having a very wow. good week and I'm super delighted to be your VIP today. How many and cherries apparently you have a quick pop? Good lord. That's a lot of cherries. A lot of cherries. I like to pop my cherries. Oh, that's good. I haven't popped a cherry in a long time. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> setting the bar for what's going on today. Uh so Susan, where are you talking to us from? I'm surfside in San Diego. I'm looking out my office window and I see the surf right now. It is so nice. Oh, I look out my window and I see corn. 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 I'm in Ohio. It's that's <laughs> corn and wheat. Where am Thank I in the world? Running. In the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so how have you have you been out there your whole whole life, or is this, is this like a move or something? Like how'd you get to be out there? I grew up in Philly, but uh, as soon as I landed in California, I knew it was the place for me. And and I'm a very progressive person, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about your show is that you are also very progressive thinkers. And so thanks for that. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't consider myself so much progressive as just logical. It's like, it just, it just makes sense. You yeah. Know? I like things that make sense. So um, I got to say though, Philly, that's my favorite sandwich. So oh God, um, the cheesesteak. I yeah. know. So when I see Arby's is putting out their own Philly cheesesteak, I'm like, hold the fucking phone. Like no, that's travesty. It's just, it's just like, okay, your euros were good. You got lucky with the euros, but you're going to tell me, oh, we've got a Philly cheesesteak. I will be the judge of that exactly and right now look at your commercials i see like a thin layer of meat and six pounds of peppers so i'm already not off to a great start here well i don't like my cheesesteak with peppers i'm just really? you're basically steak and cheese and a ton of ketchup girl i'm kind of a plain jane on the cheesesteak situation ketchup. because i don't like peppers and i don't like onions that much on Did a really no i'm a little plain jane there but i'm not plain jane everywhere Okay. Well, that's good. Otherwise, this is going to be a really short, boring show. Right. Um, you, you've got to go. You don't like cheese sticks the way we do. It was been nice. Great VIP. Bye-bye. I've thrown people <laughs> off for less. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. I'll do what I can do today. <laughs> so uh, you are an intimacy expert. Two millions. Two millions. Yes. Now, I, I like intimacy as much as the next person. 
I wouldn't say I'm an ego. So what, what makes someone an intimacy expert exactly? Well, uh, for the last 15 years, I've been running my company, Personal Life Media, and I've been publishing passionate lovemaking techniques. So when most people think about sexperts, they, they think if you have a problem, you go to a, a psychiatrist or a sexologist or what have you. Okay. And what I do is I actually teach people, I like to say, I teach you how to transform having sex into making love. And all of the work that we publish is, some of it is from my mentors and some of it is products that I've seen other people create, other experts create that programs on like programs, videos and things where I'm like, that is needed. And then I license it and I market it because I have a publishing entity so I can do that. So I'm a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques, my own and others. And really, I learned a lot of it by I, I started the company because my husband and I, we, we almost lost our marriage because I didn't want to have sex with him anymore. After a decade, 11 years, it was our 11 year anniversary. I had two gin martinis and I was like, babe, I always avoid you for sex because I don't really want to deal with you anymore. And he was like, what? It feels so good. What's wrong with you? Happy anniversary. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we went to marriage counseling and all this kind of stuff. But what really helped us was going to sex workshops. We went to, I mean, I live in California. This is what we do here. And I went, we went to sex workshops and it was surprisingly easy to learn how to have great sex. Like basically procreation, you can figure out on your own, but being a good lover is actually a series of learned skills from technique and orgasm skills to bedroom communication, understanding anatomy in the nervous system. And so we, st I started publishing the work of my mentors, uh, the work of the people who I did the workshops that I thought were really good, creating products and then licensing things over time. And then also just having a lot of really good sex and being willing to try a lot of new things. So having a lot of experiences in safe ways so that I could have the kinesthetic experience and not just the intellectual experience of hot sex. Was it, was it an issue of, um, I'm going to, delve into all this shit is uh, was it an yeah. issue of just um boredom in the bedroom or just i couldn't come from intercourse i couldn't have an orgasm from intercourse i could have an orgasm with my vibrator on my clitoris but i couldn't from fucking and well, that's, that's not fair that's a that's that's a machine designed specifically to do one <laughs> well no it's just that i hadn't learned how to have orgasms from intercourse my husband didn't understand how to use his penis in a vagina in the ways that makes a vagina have orgasms. And mm. that's the thing that so many couples think, oh, you know, the woman thinks, well, I'm just not the kind of woman who can have orgasms for intercourse. I guess I'll just do it because I like to be close to my husband, you know, or whatever. And, and um, for me, I was like, I better learn how to do this if I have to keep fucking you for the next 30 or 40 years. So it was remarkably easy to do. And I was like, let's teach everyone over the internet. Because when women think they can't do it, I say their husbands are like, well, I guess she just can't do it. And the problem is, it's like, no, that's totally wrong. And you don't even have to actually touch the clit while you're having intercourse to give her orgasms from intercourse. That's another fallacy that 
the, the vagina is literally wrapped in erectile tissue. You just don't have to, you just have to know what to do and how to get there. So that's one of the things that I've been teaching for many, many years is basically just how to have really good orgasms of all kinds. I just finished a whole series, a 15 week email series called come with me 20 kinds of orgasms um 20 kinds of male and 20 kinds of female orgasms teaching people all the different kinds because one might be more appealing to you than another and you might not even be aware that you could have all these and women especially are quite interested even more so than men men seem to be categorically more satisfied with their ejaculatory orgasm than women are with their, you know, one way they can get to orgasm. So uh, that's been really fun to just kind of delve into that. I call myself an orgasmonaut. I go to the far reaches <laughs> of outer space and bring back the map to the territory of your pleasure. Sounds like the plot <laughs> to a Star Trek porn parody. Um, exactly. I <laughs> think that some of that stems from just and this this may or may not be true. You're the expert. You tell me. Do you think that men and women just have orgasms differently? And so that's why men are more easily satisfied with their own than women? Most are? of the orgasms that we have are the same. We can have all, all 20 of them. The only place where it really veers off is that women have G-spot orgasms and men have P-spot or prostate orgasms. And that's kind of the one difference, but it's really the the same thing it's just in a different location we have the same exact equipment mm -hmm. it's just innies and outies really we have as much erectile tissue as men although everyone thinks ed is a men's problem it's equally a women's problem mm -hmm. we lose sensation we have difficulty achieving orgasm as we age we lose volume just like men lose volume in their penis women lose volume in their vulva we call it a vulva everybody snickers but you know that's, parts that's what parts. it's called <laughs> yeah Parts as parts, um, exactly. Parts as parts. Uh, name that reference, kids. Um, so, is it with, Wendy's? It was a Wendy's. Yeah, it was the chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, man. Surprised I know that. Anyway, um, so with to take something, where where did the conversation then lead to with your husband? Where it was okay. So we've gone through this ourselves, mm -hmm. and it's improved, obviously. Um, mm -hmm married um and so the where did the conversation then go to like hey let's take this experience that we had and sh share it publicly um how did that how did that conversation kind of come to be well my husband is the inventor of Rhapsody, the first online music service the first broadband online music service it predates Napster and Spotify and really Pandora. yeah Yes, Sir Tim Bratton is my husband. And um, that one down. so, and then I was one of the early, early employees at At Home Network, the inventor of the cable modem. So remember dial up? Mm. <laughs> well, we fixed that. And um, so we were internet Silicon Valley entrepreneurs. So our orientation was we just went to a couple of really hot sex workshops and now we're having the best sex of our lives. How do we put this? in digital, how do we digitally deliver this experience for people in their homes who are A, never going to get naked and go to a sex workshop, B, can't afford to spend $5,000 on this bullshit, and C, ain't gone to California and go into crazy things like that. So that's how it ended up because we were just already used to creating companies over the internet. And that's how we ended up doing it. 
but we we talked we started talking about our story probably six four five or six years after we started the company we started coming out more about our own story um everybody wants your origin story you know <laughs> and we we tell all we really do because the thing that i've learned is that i guess my superpower my superpower is courage i am willing to say the things that people need to hear because they're grown ass humans and somebody's got to tell it to them straight and all right, I'll do it. And the only thing I ask is please don't let me trigger you. I, I really don't want to trigger you. I want to support you. I want to inspire you. I want to have you lean in and step forward and be a yes to more pleasure with yourself and your partner. And so I always walk that line of wanting to tell people things, but not make them feel bad about it. Well, I think, I think that's a lot of that. Both, a lot of that can be generational work because for a lot of, a lot of years, people were pretty much taught like, you know, you, 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 you fucked to have kids and, uh, and that's pretty much it. Exactly. Um, and so with some people who come from that more, you know, that more conservative background when it comes to sex, like, how do you, how do you, that's a, that's an almost lifestyle altering conversation to have. How do you even go about like opening someone's mind to something like that? I don't. Um, out of every hundred people, there are maybe 15% who are personal growth mindset oriented, who are willing to learn new things and who aren't triggered or shamed by sex and who actually care about their sexuality. And they, they, they want more and they're looking for someone to trust and someone they like to teach them. And that's, I just find my people. And some of them are like, I love her. She's amazing. And other ones are like, she's fucking obnoxious. I don't like her at all. And I'm fine with that. You have to be fine with that. As a comedian, you're fine with that, right? You just just learn to be fine with my people will find me. And they do. And they freaking love me. And they love my email newsletter and my sex tips. And I mean, every single day. I get emails from people asking the most personal questions. Every, we call it email of the day. I mean, some of them, the, I remember one of my favorites, the answer was get a burner, get a parrot sitter and a burner phone, right? I mean, they always try to come up with like a funny thing to tell the story. And so a lot of my, um, a lot of my email newsletter is answering people's questions and then everybody wants to, they're like, it's like, I'm like the dear Abby of sex. Like you, like today, the question, literally just before we were done, I was stealing something from myself. And right after I had finished a, um, a, a reply to a guy who was like, do I'm so, I think I need to do Kegels. Um, I'm having some prostate issues. Sh- do I have to get one of those things that goes up my ass? Cause I don't like that. Or can I sit on that chair thing that vibrates? And do you think that thing really works? And um, <laughs> that was the email of the day, you know, and there's yesterday it was uh, my husband and I, the kids are now out of the house and we've always been interested in ha- having sex with another guy. Um, I want to have sex with two men. What advice do you have for me? And so I gave her all my best advice. So you mentioned that, you know, people, there are some people who are just kind of like, you know, she's obnoxious, not in the, have you <laughs> oh, faced it? Did I just make that happen with you? No, <laughs> God, no. Clear my browser history. Um, but, uh, 
have you ever faced any kind of like 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 serious backlash like almost like like you know i, I work in t- television news so we you know get viewer backlash all the time people who you know lash out have you faced any kind of that at all i mean i know you're in kind of a more progressive part of the country but when it comes to sex i think people tend to be a lot more vocal when they have a problem with something so have you faced any kind of that serious backlash with what you do i've been shocked at how kind people are to me and how much how loving they are and how supportive they are um the only place that i've ever really had any of that has been some snarky comments on my youtube channel and everyone gangs up on them. They pile on them and <laughs> they make them go away. And I don't even have to take care of it. So um, surprisingly few here and there, uh, you know, people have said to me, hey, you need to tone it down. That's just too much. And I'm like, thank you for letting me know that. I will be dialing my shit back three notches around you. But everywhere else, I will just be Susan Bratton because I like me and lots of people like me and I'm all right if not everybody does. And I don't mind dialing it back when asked. Oh, sure. It's, it's the, the idea of, um, uh, what's the word? Like, you know, the way I behave around my family is not the way I behave around, exactly. you know, Mike when he's here or my other friends and things like that. It's, it's a tact issue, I guess. And if someone's, yes. but Empathy. It, it also goes to that idea of, you know, like Ricky Gervais is like, if you're offended by something, okay, fine, be offended. But it doesn't mean like the thing is wrong or you're right. It's, it, it is what it is. I also have a husband, so I have protection, <laughs> so, so, which so. is important. If yeah. I were single, I would be much more cautious, but because I have a husband who really takes care of me, my number one relationship value is security. My husband takes care of me very in with a lot of attention and seriousness. He has his eye on me. I always say he has his eye on the supply. Uh, So uh, that's another thing that's very important for me. I think it would be extremely different if I were a single woman, but I'm very well supported. I I I think that's, I think a lot of women to this day can relate to that. I mean, it's things we see going on, you know, in places like Texas and all that. And people, women just feel constantly especially single women feel constantly like like they're at risk everywhere they go they and, and for something as as personal as you know as sex therapy for lack of a better term is it that involves opening yourself up to a certain level of vulnerable vulnerability that mm-hmm. the average single woman isn't going to be comfortable with on a good day yeah you know, so um so you do you work exclusively with couples is there like people who are having trouble exploring their own personal sexuality within themselves you work with them as well like how kind of how broad range is is the work you do all the advice i give away is free i don't work with anyone one-on-one i'm a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques bedroom communication skills and i give away so much more than i charge for because Mm -hmm. i sexuality is a vast substrate of information and People come into it 
in all different ways from I'm afraid of getting STIs. I'm trying, you know, how do I have more fertility to um, she won't ever go down on me to my girlfriend told me her last girlfriend goes down on her better to <laughs> I want to have hotter sex. What do I need to do? I'm afraid. I don't know what I want. I just know what I'm getting. Isn't it? Um, I have ED. I don't have any more vaginal wetness anymore. Um, I can't achieve a climax. I come too fast. <laughs> you know, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And so I try to have something for everyone. I mean, I've published thousands of articles, so many of which are free sex advice for people who ask me the questions. I mean, really, my fans are my educators. They trust me with their deepest questions. And then I think a lot about that and come up with my solution for them. And then they try it and they give me feedback. I think that's the most important thing. So it's, it's across all categories. I mean, I have techniques called the soulmate embrace that are really how, how a man can hold a woman in the way that she's wanted to be held her whole life all the way up to my steamy sex ed video collection that shows 200 lovemaking techniques demonstrated by relatable couples. I call it the antidote to porn. It's like real life lovemaking, heart connected lovemaking techniques. So that's, I think, kind of just being around long enough to have whatever you need has been helpful too. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It, it, you know, this, a lot of, a lot of the things are come with experience. You don't know till you try. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always, I tell people, especially Mike, we talked before, I, th- I think to think that everybody has a, uh, has a sex blooper reel. Like, yeah, oh yeah, you should have one. Yeah. You've got to put yourself out there and try new things and laugh about it. Um, and especially when you're going through something like, like, you know, the intimacy therapy, the kind of things that like you and your husband went through early on. And now, like, were there ever times where you were trying something from, from therapy that just crashed and burned so hard and you were like, yeah, we're not doing that again. That No. Okay. <laughs> I would say we didn't go into therapy for, for very long. Mm-hmm. The sex workshops are what we needed. Right. And I find that the majority of people just don't have enough good ideas. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to create erotic play dates. I I tell people, don't, don't, don't think about having sex. Think about scheduling erotic play dates where you try new things together. And then I give you 20 ideas of things you might want to do. I mean, geez, you could, you could just do 20 different orgasms and try 20 different orgasms. You just start right there. You don't have to worry about orgasms. I'd love 20 orgasms. Well, and they're all different kinds. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. There's 20 different kinds of orgasms, not 20 of the same one. So I'd say that mostly what I do is I just give people ideas because that is, except for physical health issues like ED and uh, vaginal pain and things like that, which I also do a lot of, I, I, I teach people a lot of sexual biohacking techniques. So there's, there's a, it's a three-legged stool. It's, Communication skills, you have to be able to trust that your body is telling you what it wants. You do know what you want. Because a lot of people think, I don't know what I want. No, you, you just listen. You, you'll find that and be able to give it voice. Um, so there's communication skills, how to, how to make offers for sex, how to, how to initiate sex, how to seduce your partner toward more pleasure. There's a lot of those, there's dirty talk, um, how to talk dirty without 
feeling weird, um, which gets more in less into the kind of porny shit and more into adoration, appreciation, encouragement, worship, devotion, pleasure, noticing something and saying how good it feels or how beautiful it is to you. That's an interesting communication category. I have a book called Dirty Talk. You can get it at dirtytalkbook.com for free. And that's a really nice one. So there's there's the kind of that whole piece of things. And then there's the techniques, the what parts. There's three kinds of orgasms, actually. There's the, the locations like your clit or your dick. Then there's the techniques like female ejaculation, male multiple orgasm. And then there's objects such as sex toys and fetishes and paddles and things like that. So when you, when you even just think about the three kinds of orgasms, you can imagine how many erotic play dates you could create just thinking about just a couple of things like that. Now we didn't even get into things like the sex positions that I recommend and why I recommend them and how to do them where so many people have sex and they're not even touching each other with their hands. Their, their genitals are creating friction, but they're not loving, stroking, touching, fondling, adoring each other. So there's sex positions, there's sex in new locations. I mean, there's just, it's just, you know, when you start thinking about it. And I find that's what people love, but then they hit the health piece. So they can start talking about it. They can start doing it. And then something hurts or doesn't work. How do you fix it? And I'm all about the notion of sexual biohacking, reversing aging of our genitals so we can basically fuck forever. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because your penis shrinks and your vagina gets lax and all this shitty stuff happens when you get old, but you can reverse it. Hmm. So I do a lot of that. I talk a lot about that. Learn to multitask people. Come on. Exactly. I'd keep you busy. I'll keep you busy with your erotic play dates already. (laughs) That's funny. You mentioned the, 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 the dirty talk thing. It's like the difference between saying, you know, I want you inside me versus fuck me, daddy. Like that's <laughs> totally everybody loves a daddy. Not actually, not, not everybody does love a daddy. Thing. Some people are triggered by the daddies, but me and the gays love the daddies. You'll <laughs> yeah. never hear me say fuck me, daddy, except in this exact instance right here, right now. So. But now that we have it on audio, we'll be using it Someone's a lot use against me. I guarantee it. That's that's fine. I'll make it. I'll make, I'll make it. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll get out ahead of it. It's going to be my new text tone is my voice going fuck me, daddy. There you go. That I exact love it. monotone right there. No context <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> All right. So, Susan, this show is sponsored by a company called Poddex, and they put out um, different kinds of interview style decks for interviewing people on podcasts. And so I, I wanted to do one today from their uh, their relationship deck. Good. We're going to see what we got in here. Uh, I'm going to shuffle these a little bit. and Because I got a quiz for you later. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, these are a lot. These are, these are a little more relationship-based than sex-based, but I think we can still uh, make it work here. So how do you think you and your partner handle fights? Oh, well, we really don't fight. All right, cool. Easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> we just have conversations and move each other toward our way of thinking and one of us is usually more right than the other, or we blend what we have to say and figure it out. We just figure shit out. No sense fighting. 
Um, well, when I'll, I'll ask you this then, when to, to focus on, on your relationship with your husband a little bit, how did you guys meet? We met at a trade show, <clears throat> at a multimedia trade show. And um, he was just such a smart, wonderful man. I, I truly married incredibly well. And I think he would, he would say the same thing. We're just, we got really lucky. Even when we've hit major rocks, major roadblocks in our marriage, we've just been like, all right, let's fucking fix it. <laughs> you know? um, would you, what would you say was the point where like, like you knew you'd found, you'd found the one for you? Probably the fourth date. Really? Yeah. Was it something he said, something he did, just the way you, the way the conversation went? He's a, an unbelievably intelligent, <clears throat> intelligent man, like Mensa shit with a very kind heart. He's kind of a sandbagger. He doesn't toot his own horn. You never know how smart he is until you're around him for a while. He's a very subtle man. Cause I'm the one that's like, da, da, da. you know, I'm the out there no. one. And so he's the quiet guy. And uh, that works really well for the both of us. He's the wind beneath my wings. He loves my ambition. He does everything he can to support me. We, he's, he's loving and kind hearted and he's unflappable. And he really just meets my values. He loves total and complete and radical honesty in all things. So we never filter or sugarcoat or walk on eggshells or bullshit each other. We just say the things. And that gives us both the confidence to feel like we're always just super straight with each other and we know what's going on and we can just relate at a, at a comfortable, easeful level because of the honesty. So I think terrific human. That's something that's missing. I think with a lot of people nowadays, they don't, there's no, there's no open and honest communication. Like I'll, I'll tell, I've told several women that I've, I've dated. It's like, I, if I want to play games, I'll go jump on the PlayStation. Like, yeah. Just, just, just tell me, like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to read your mind. If I want to, if I want to solve a puzzle, I've got boxes in the, in, in the cupboard. Like, just, just tell me, just, just Women tell me. Women do <laughs> shit tests. They do shit tests, man. It is, yeah. they don't even know they're doing the shit tests. Oh, my last girlfriend knew damn well what she was doing. She literally came to me before we started. She's like, before we can say we're a couple, she had a questionnaire for us to go through. Well, that's good. Goals align, which I was totally fine with. It was a first for me. Kind of felt like I was on a job interview. That was fine. It was, what it was three weeks later. She said being in a relationship was too much work. I said, I'm the one that had to take the test, but okay, sure. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so um, now you've, you've been together for, for a long time, but would you say 30 years, 30 years, good Lord. Uh-huh. Um, would you say that there, was there ever anything about, like, you know, when the idea of being with someone forever comes up, was there ever anything about that that frightened you? Well, we're poly. So the thing that frightened me was fucking the same person for 30 years. I want to fuck him for 30 years. I want to fuck him for 60 years, but I don't want to only fuck him. No, that's fair. Okay. So that is it for me. Everything else, I was all in good to go. And we do super safe, really nerdy poly. We're in a poly pod with two other partners. We've been in, been in that for years in that way. So um, ours is very loving, very inclusive. We're a foursome in many ways. So 
Um, that's been very nurturing and expanding and edgy at times and all that stuff, which keeps things exciting and makes us not take each other for granted. So that I, solved that problem for me. I lived with a couple after college for a while who were poly and that was, were you their third? Were no, the third I was, they were, just friend, they were just friends of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I needed a place to, to live after I got out of college. It was, it was a weird time in my life. And so they said, well, hey, come live with us. By the way, we're poly. Oh, cool. This is going to be interesting. I learned a lot of things over the course of a year. Sure. Um, um, Everybody's poly is so different too. I mean, yeah. it goes from swingers and lifestyle to uh, most people who we know who talk about being an open relationship, you know, she's fucking a couple people. He's fucking a couple people. They don't even, it's don't ask, don't tell. I'm like, that's not really poly. Poly yeah, is. They were poly as fuck. Like oh, I mean, they were, I mean, it, to the point where eventually their third, who was, it was another woman moved in with, with us. It was a packed house. Um, and it just happened to be someone that I had gone to college with. So it's nice. like, Hey, come meet her. And she walks in and we both just kind of like, Oh, hi. Been a while. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> it was a little weird at first. Cause it was one of those like, Oh, cool. We had geometry together. Hi. But you got used to it. Didn't you? It didn't take long because at that point I was already because they were they were poly. They were open every once in a while. One of them would have somebody else over. So it was kind of it was more of just the uh, of the fact that I knew the person already. Yeah, that so was when I was like, oh, wasn't expecting this. Cool. All right. But by by the end of it, I mean, it was just so I was so used to it that. um when I would meet other couples who weren't and that actually became a bit of an adjustment because I mean, that was my life for the longest time. So, um, all right, let's give yeah. you one more of these and then we're going to move on. Um, what is one couple, you know, that you admire in terms of, in terms of their love for each other? Like what's, who's someone that you're like, you look at them, you're just kind of like, that's, that's the goals right there. My mentor, Dr. Patty Taylor. Um, she's, I won't say how many years older than I, but she is senior to me and she and her husband, um, they have been together for, I don't know, four year, 50 years, somewhere in there over 40. I'm sure, uh, they have been a real model for us as far as, um, loving kindness, connection, support, longevity, honesty, sensuality, intimacy, great friends and people who are around them, intellectual uh, prowess and thoughts and what they spend their time thinking about and how they live their lives and integrity and all of that. And, and Dr. Patty was one of my very early mentors and she created a couple of our programs, including one called Expand Her Orgasm Tonight, which is which teaches you at home how to have an expanded orgasm practice together as couples. And I don't know how long Dr. Patty and her husband, I don't say his name out loud. She doesn't prefer for his name to be to mentioned and out, out in the world, but I don't know how long they've been having an expanded orgasm practice, but my husband, Tim, and I have been having one for 17 years straight, where on a weekly basis, many times, multiple times a week, uh, we lay down together and he strokes my genitals with a particular five stroke technique that allows me to go into an expanded orgasmic experience. And essentially he's taking me there. He takes my nervous system over and he takes me up into this thing and we ride 
that ride together. He's feeling me, I'm feeling him. We're up in that whole thing together. And that has been, I think, that and radical honesty are probably the two things that have made our marriage enviable. That's fantastic. Go Tim. Good for you, you, buddy. Um, I'm happy for you guys too. That's it's, it's whenever you hear of couples talking about intimacy issues, you know, issues in the bed and things like that, usually that's like, okay, well, they're done. Like that's, that, that tends to be the the nail in the coffin for so many couples and for you guys to, yeah, it's, Yep. Um, for that, for you guys to not only overcome that like together, but to then have that transcend over the course of your entire relationship to this day is, is incredible. Like I've never heard of something like that before. And that's just so just, it's it's almost awe inspiring to hear, to hear that like, wow, this can actually, this can be, there's hope everybody. There is hope fellas. Yes. There is so much hope. And I really do think being a good pussy stroker, having this, exp- knowing these five strokes and having this expanded orgasm, being able to deliver this expanded orgasm to a woman opens her to her orgasmic potential and helps her cross that gasm chasm to having orgasms from intercourse, which is a learned skill and <clears throat> fills her up with the kind of touch and orgasmic pleasure that she needs so much to become a fully sexually actualized woman. So I really love the practice. It's, it's just incredible. Hashtag pussy stroker, hashtag gasm chasm. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And let me give you a URL for that. And I'm going to give that to you as well. I'm going to give you that program. Um, The URL is expandherorgasmtonight.com. And there are three free pleasure reports there you don't have to buy anything that explain what is orgat what is expanded orgasm the the power of peaking which is a technique that works the nervous system so it can get to higher and higher pleasure which you can use on you can use that on pussy eating you can use it on anything it's just it's basically a con a concept sexual concept and then the other one is oh touching for rapture Remember I was talking to you earlier about the sex positions that I love that really incorporate a lot of touch in addition to everything else. Um, This teaches a touch technique. That's, I think one of the best sex techniques you can learn. And and I just, we just give that, we give it away because then people are like, this was actually really great. I tried it. It worked immediately, which usually sex techniques are like that. That's what makes my job so easy. I can just tell you what to do. You go do it. It works. You're like, oh, oh, I could learn more of those. I'm, tell me more. Low risk, high <laughs> reward, people. I'm basically, I'm, I'm like a crack dealer, but it's crack for sex. <laughs> I mean, it's worse things. <laughs> Definitely. You, you and I have the best jobs. I, I like to think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doing this, so. Same, same, same. All right. Apparently you've got. Yeah. I think. uh, All right. I don't know what the hell I'm getting myself into. All right. Come on, Shay. Got to do some work. You lazy bastard. Yeah. I've been sitting on my ass all day. Let's do it. Okay. So um, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, well, that worked out well. I have 10 topics and I'm going to read them. And I want you to give me an A, a B or a C grade. Because I want to know which ones appeal to you most. So A is your favorite, C is your least, and for each one of these. Are you ready? I'm ready. Toys for making love. Mm, C. 
Erotic playdate ideas. A. Three kinds of orgasms. A. It's interesting. Talk dirty to me. B. The case for cheap lingerie. For her. Yeah, the B. <laughs> Ravish her with your masculinity. Not the most masculine person. Uh, I'll give that one a B as well. Sexual biohacking. A, because I'm curious. <laughs> nice. Tantric sex explained. Uh, B. The five best aphrodisiacs for potent sex. A. Ooh. How to hold a woman right. A. Ooh, I like it. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was no way to grade, but you got an A+. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> you you got to take them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what is, so what, what is that? What do you think that says about me, if anything? I'd say I, I felt your heart. I felt your heart in your answers. So I okay. think you are like most, most men more in, interested in the heart connection and the love making and the pleasure uh, and emotional connection and being present and providing pleasure. Yeah, that's fair. Cause like, I've never been, I've never been the, um, I've been single a long time. My friends are always like, hey, let's go out and get laid. Not my thing. Right. You know? Yes. It's you never, want to hold never... a woman. You want to love yeah. I know. Not, not to say that I haven't, but afterwards, I'm always just kind of like, well. It's that, too transactional for you. Yeah. It's, yep. it's I can yep. watch porn at that case. I mean, like. Exactly. It's, it's all it really feels like at the end of the day when it's all mm -hmm. said and done. So. Yep. Yay. That was fun. Thank you. I like <laughs> the feedback too. It's helpful. I'm glad. Yeah. No, it, it's, 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 you know. Things like that that I've never considered because I, I've been single for six years. So um, it's, it's so it's 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 I'm I'm, I'm listening to all. So I'm just kind of like, how can I apply this to my daily life? Well, <laughs> I live alone with a cat. So Ooh, I love kitty cats. <laughs> yeah, she's getting. You the, don't live alone if you live with a cat. That's true. She well, she's she's getting a, a friend soon. So I'm gonna be Ooh, useless. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just gonna be the crazy cat lady, but a guy. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. I I was running. Um, I I had COVID last year. No, really badly. I'm a long haul COVID survivor, and I have recently been well enough again to start working out with a trainer. And I I started at a very. I, I had so much muscle wasting because I couldn't get out of bed because I was so dizzy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm clanking the shit out of my topo chico today <laughs> i have this little kitty cat and she just fell over speaking of cats i have this oh. i have this little kitty cat and it, she ha, it's like a stuffed cat mm. and she has this um halloween costume for cats on that's like this little lion's mane oh. that goes on top of her because when i do tv segments and stuff i hold it up and i go sometimes you're a kitty cat and sometimes you're a lioness like that it's like one of my it's one of my like super corny props but it just fell over onto my glass oh no it's a little windy here by the by the beach but isn't my kitty cute mm -hmm. i was so i was i was running up a hill today 
now that I'm finally at the place where I'm, I started out just barely being able to lift a five pound weight. I had had so much muscle loss and now I'm running up the hill next to my house. I'm doing a sprint up the hill, walking down, doing a sprint up the hill, walking down. And there was this beautiful cat there on the, right in the middle of the hill today. And she was kind of like a Persian tabby. She wasn't the orange tabby. She was like a marled stripy cat with long hair. Oh, she was the most beautiful, friendly, elegant kitty cat that I have ever seen. And I'm, and I'm glad that she's my neighbor. I'm going to go run that hill more because she was so cute. I love kitties. <laughs> we, we have a bunch of them that walk around this neighborhood. I think the lady that I bought my house 